Welcome to the My Canine Coach Podcast, a show that coaches dog owners on how to achieve their ideal lifestyle with and for their dogs. You'll hear from canine coach Dana as she breaks down actionable dog training protocols, explores current dog training trends, and shares insights from her own experiences owning and working with dogs. Now, here's your host, canine coach Dana. But yeah, yesterday when I was um, just outside being myself with Loki, and I just started recording him just for fun, and then I was like, oh, you're peeing on a tree. Okay, I saw that. Oh, look, now you're pooping. <laughs> I saw that. I was laughing so hard. I was like, this is the diaries of a boy dog. That's why I was like, this is just a boy dog doing And boy then, dog like, things. when he was in his downstay, like, and Mojo does this too, I think it's, like, just the anticipatory herding breeds, right? When, when you come back and they're like, what now? What now? What are, what are we doing? <laughs> because they're like, are we doing the thing where we get released? Did I do good? Like, what's going on? But they always do that little, like, they little, look little head you. tilt where they're like, what, what's <laughs> like, up? I'm like, what are you going to do right now? They're like, what are you going to do right now? <laughs> they, like, size you up. Like, I was like, next? this is classic. Because he's yeah. just like, I'm a really good boy. Look at me. And he also, like, knew he was right. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't send him over there. He just was like, we never cross that street. We never cross our street to go into the grass on the other side. Usually, I just have him potty in the grass, like right outside my apartment, and we never like, oh, like actually, right there, yeah, yeah, we never actually cross to the other side That's and smart. like do sniffy stuff because I keep like a pretty firm boundary of the edge of my grass, so I don't have a dog that like shoots into the road. Right, which but, is also smart. So anyway, so after we went over to the edge of the or went over to the other side, and he was like, "Oh, this is where I go to go sniff other dogs' stuff, and then I yeah. pee on stuff, and then I poop, and then after that, he was like." Okay, let's go back to the fun side. And so he just went over there by himself. Oh, and he just, was just like, 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 now I go back to my yard. Yeah, he just is like, I just go back to my spot. Like, That's I didn't funny. cue him to go do that. He just ran over He's like, there. I know this is my yard. Yep. He's Which like, is so cool. The ball is oh over God, here, he's, so he's I'm going to... literally under my chair and he looks so cute. Yeah, well, he is a social butterfly. I will say. That's what he does when I work from home. I wish, like, if this was a visual and audio... <laughs> piece of content then he's so cute we he's like i'm see. so happy that Bray is here <laughs> we can see what's actually happening but but yeah he just, and he settled so nicely yeah he just lays under my chair all day yeah but i feel like his whole duration of me coming in was so good like he cycles so quickly through it yeah oh yeah it's it just so nice. he does the classic shepherd of like initial yo do I somebody need to kill here you yeah. bring reinforcements bark 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> And then after that, he's like, oh, actually, this person's cool, and my social side kicks in, because that's his breed. Yeah. And he's like, I just want to be with that person! Mm-hmm. This dog is so cute, I can't even believe it. <laughs> Look at his face. Uh, his eyeballs are, like, not even real. <laughs> Must take photo. <laughs> we call it the Loki look. He just, like, I don't know. He has this look about himself. It either draws you in or it melts you. It's just... You know what his eyeballs look like? He's he, just good. He looks like a bear cub. He just, like, gets you. That's what I'm saying. There's Andrew calls him a little eye. bear all the There's time. There's something about this, the way his eyes are set. <laughs> like, where they are, the color of them. Well, his face is really narrow. Yeah. Like, it's, he's got, like, a skinny head. I know. But he's it's something with his eyes. So <laughs> he's so, he just like a little tiny <laughs> Well, anyway, welcome to episode nine of the <gasps> My Canine Coach is my podcast. That is your favorite number? Wow. It was my number in sports growing up. It's fate. I swear to God. It's the universe. Uh, welcome to the episode. I'm joined by Bree Ravine. And you've heard us waffling on a little bit so far about, I don't know, random stuff. But we were talking a little bit about females and males, and you have 
a collection of dogs, put it that way. <laughs> you have a group of them. Relax. Why I don't have, we do... I have three dogs. <laughs> Why don't we do a little show and tell of who your dogs are, what they are, how you got them, kind of stuff like that. Because cool. I'm interested. I don't think I've ever heard how you acquired each of your dogs. I know some stories yeah, of each one. Yeah, and you know one. what? Vlad is actually like, I think a lot of people think it's like, oh yeah, I went to a breeder and got this like dog, but it's not. So actually, this is cool. Okay, cool. Let's this do it. This is cool. I don't Let's tell do this story a lot. Um, so I have three dogs. And also my name is Brie Rabine. Everyone oh, pronounces my- Oh shit. Everybody pronounces my last name <laughs> Rabine. So I'm going to correct it here on Dude, this podcast. Dude, you should do that. You no, do I that. should do it here because I never correct it. And you I should. Oh, I gave you the squeaky chair. All of my- <laughs> Sorry, I fidget a lot. All of my internet um, friends, like people that I met, especially in the dog world, met on the internet first. Yeah. And then met them in person. They always say- Oh, so they all just assume and they all just- And it's also like an ongoing joke because, uh, like, earlier on, when my brother and I were in sports, they would always announce us, like, at Uh, games and stuff, like, Brie Rabin, and we would always be like, it's (laughs) Raybon! No one would ever Just, like, really serious about it, which, like, it didn't really matter, you know? Just in case we got like a yeah, just turn it into a big thing because you can. Yeah, um, the drama, but yeah. So Brie Rabine, I have three dogs. Um, the first dog that I acquired out of the dogs I have now is actually uh, Vlad. Full name is Vladimir, and he is a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. He's five years old now, and he is from Passion Stafford Kennels, which is in Virginia. Okay, um, but he's not actually that's his breeder, but he's not actually from there. Um, so (laughs) I guess long story short with Vlad is that, um, my partner's cousin, he has always had Staffordshire Bull Terriers and I've always got to meet them and hang out with them. And I like totally fell in love with the breed and I knew he had planned on, um, breeding his female at some point. And I said, I would like one from this litter, whatever it happens. Okay. At the time I had had. Uh, my rescue dog Miles, who was like my first dog on my own, and uh, he was getting older, had health problems, and you know I was ready for a puppy, wanted to dive into sport world. So uh, he ended up raising this litter of three puppies. One didn't end up making it. Only three. Only three. Wow. Yeah. They okay. Can, they can range anywhere from three to like eight. Eight being like insane. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so he had three. One didn't make it. Just due to natural reasons, mm-hmm. you know, at birth, uh, the breeder wanted one to keep the lines going, and so she took the female, and then Chad, uh, my partner's cousin, and he wanted to keep one too. So <laughs> it was like, okay, I guess I'm not getting one from yeah. this litter. Um, so he kept the male, breeder kept the female, and about two weeks later... He had, like, a bunch of stuff going on in his life. He was living in an apartment, like, job change. He had moved. Oh, damn. Like, just a lot of stuff going on. He had just whelped a litter of puppies for the first time. Oh, wow. Um, and the breeder really, like, heavily trusted him because he really knows the breed, and he did an excellent job. Um, so he called me up, and he said, do you want a puppy? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah. And so he ended up visiting. He said, you know, I'm going to come home. I'm going to visit. Like, let's talk about it. And here he, out comes little Vlad out of the car. Like, just the cutest little thing running up to me being insane. Uh, We went on a little trail walk. And, you know, he just shared with me how, like, it just wasn't a good time for a puppy for him. Yeah, yeah. And he said, 
you know, how do you feel about maybe doing a co-own, maybe training him, like doing this part for me, like doing a puppy raising program. And then, you know, when I get settled in my house, like you can send him back. You had like done a co-own before. Right. Yeah. Okay. At this point too, I'd never done boarding trains. Like I fostered dogs at that point. Yeah. But this was like early on when I had started my dog walking pet sitting business. So I wasn't even like a dog trainer yet really. Um, like just kind of dabbling into like professional dog training. Yeah. Yeah. Like 2015 or something. Okay. And, uh, he said, you know what, maybe you want to cone or raise this puppy. Like, is that something you would do? And I was like, no. <laughs> like I was just I knew I wouldn't be able to do something like that at this point. Oh, it's so difficult. And also knowing I wanted one from that litter, it would just it would have been way too emotional. It would yeah, me. way too heartbreaking. And so I told him I can either take this puppy as mine <laughs> or not. Like that's the only those are the yeah, only, that's the only thing I can do. And yeah. I said like no pressure either way, you know, if you decide you want to keep him or you want to send him somewhere else for a board and train, like I just I wanted to be really honest about it, you yeah. know, because um, I knew I wouldn't have been able to handle it because I'm obsessed with my dogs. Well, you were at least honest about it to yourself. Right. And so he ended up becoming mine. Um, my partner ended up picking him up, showed up at the training facility like a week later with this cute little staffy uh, in a little crate, and the rest is is history. Um, <laughs> that is how I got Vlad. So okay. kind of like an unorthodox story. <laughs> okay. Um, but he's from an excellent breeder in Virginia um, called Passion Staffies, and I love them, and I love their dogs. I mean, he's awesome. Um, yeah, he's incredible. Um, so yeah, he's five years old now, and we dabble in a bunch of fun stuff. Uh, we got into GRC, which is like his main sport. Okay. Um, but he's pretty versatile. He loves to hike. He loves to swim. He loves scent work. Um, really cool dog. Um, and then in 2020, I lost, 2019, I lost my older dog, Miles. Yep. Who um, was? Type of dog. He was a staffy mix. Okay. So like an American Staffordshire, like really like old school bully mix. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, more like on the bulldog side. And he was older. And uh, so he had passed and little Vlad was really depressed. Mm. And then 2020 hit. And yeah. I was bored. And you were depressed. And I was, and I was like, <laughs> like everyone I else adop- was. Yeah, I was like, I should adopt a dog. Yeah. Um, so my good friend Taylor, she had been fostering for Lucky Puppy for a while. And um, she sent me a picture of my dog now, May. And <laughs> it was just this like gremlin-y, lizardy looking, like bully mix thing. And she was I have never heard swimming. a dog described as a lizard. Yeah, that is her breed. She is a, <laughs> she is a gremlin lizard. And she sent me this video, well, she sent me a picture first, and she was just, like, by the river, just, like, looking all weird and, like, lurking, and just, like, I was, like, oh, my God, I love her. (laughs) And I was, like, I want to get to know her, like, let's meet up for walks and stuff. And she sent me another video, before I'd even met her, of her, like, running around the water, swimming and chasing ducks, like, just really cool stuff that I was, like, wow, this is really cool to see, like, from a dog that you, like, just pulled in and started fostering yeah um, and it's that open and free already yeah like really loves the outdoors and mm-hmm. that's really important to me because that is kind of that's who you are who as a person, I am yeah and also just yeah. how I base my relationship around uh my dogs and training and you know things like that so making sure that the dog was a solid outdoorsy dog right mm-hmm. and enjoyed like that type of stuff was really important to me um 
And so I met her a couple times. I brought Vlad. She had some quirks, right? So she was really aloof and weird with people. Okay. Um, but then would come out of her shell with other dogs and, again, swim, run, like, play, mm-hmm. be kind of be herself. So I was like, oh, there's, that dog's in there. You know, she just has to learn to trust. And Right. So Taylor let me take her for, like, a trial. Um, and also, props to Taylor. She did an excellent job. Like, she's so, so good with raising uh fearful dogs mm-hmm. she does such a nice job she's super patient really skilled in that um and i saw that she gained that trust like with taylor so i was like oh this is possible like, right this this is possible and she, you know and also guess what if she never likes people like i can go take her hiking and like that's yeah. really important to yeah. me so um, and where you live allows for that too right yes yeah, and if it doesn't, I will find it. <laughs> that is, uh, I mean, I lived in Baltimore City for two years and found nature. So yeah, know, okay, yeah. that is like really important to me. Um, which of course we can we can talk about more too. But so I, I met her. I got to spend some time with her. I took her for a trial. Her and Vlad hit it off immediately, and I recognized too how much she needed another dog. And Vlad's confidence was such a nice compliment. Um, compliment for her and really help like he taught her a lot of things like I just could you know um and the first I have I have a video of them I still have it it's like three minutes long it's their first meeting and it's the cutest thing I've ever seen it was just like (laughs) oh my god we're best friends oh um (laughs) like the dream of every dog owner when they bring a second dog in yeah and they just want both of them to fall in love with each other and Vlad can be rude you know so it was also surprising like he's a little bowl bowl, he's like a bowling ball like right. it's just yeah. like, we always say Vlad's motto is life is a pin <laughs> because he's like you know he's not like aggressive can you get that on a shirt or something yeah, can I should. have that with like his face as the bowling yeah ball. or like at least a sticker that would be cute but yeah he uh you know he's just gonna rush in hot he's gonna chest bump he's gonna be like just all over just rude yeah. most dogs don't yeah. like it and he was so gentle with her it's like he knew he knew she was submissive. He knew she was unsure. He, he like was read the play gentle. immediately. He read it so immediately, and I was like, "What? Like this is weird." <laughs> I've never, I've never seen him do that. Right, and I had him on a leash to make sure he wasn't rude and like ruining anything for her. And he was excellent. And then I saw how well she tolerated like his wrestling and his rudeness. And she would actually like put him in his place and hey. tell him, and he like respected it, right? It's like that nice male female, yeah, interplay relationship. Yeah. They're a similar size. Um, I thought she was like the sixty pound pit bull when I saw her from the pictures, and I met her, and I was like, oh my god, and she's this little tiny like staffy. Size. Yeah, she's small. Yeah, they're like almost the same size. Um, and they have a similar look, and yeah. So she, I loved all of her quirks. She didn't have any serious behavioral issues. She right. loved the outdoors. I was bored. It was 2020. I was ready to like, let's do it. Yeah. Take on a little project. Right. right? So I ended up adopting her and she has been like, she's grown into the sweetest, like confident, social, just like an excellent and extremely safe. Like she's the only dog I've ever had that I'm, I'm positive I could go anywhere and she would just be fine. Mm. Like she has no desire for conflict or, Um, you know, I could leave her to her own devices and she'll make the right decision. Yeah. Unless it's like like chasing prey or something. That's a dream dog though. I mean, (laughs) yeah, she's really safe. She's super social. She loves kids. She loves people. She loves dogs. We're uh, training for therapy dog right now. That's kind of our, our main goal. Um, and she has been just a great companion, but also a huge asset to my business. Um, okay. Yeah. 
she is the main dog that helps me socialize other dogs um, in a safe manner. She's super appropriate. Kind of going back to that thing, like I said, she can teach things to dogs that I can't. Like, she helps me fill that gap sometimes, right, you know? Right. Yeah, I didn't um, actually formally introduce you as a trainer, but you are one. Yes. <laughs> I, I am a... We didn't talk about I it. I am in the dog world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so that's how I got May. Um, and Lucky Puppy's a, a great organization. They have been excellent. Um, you know, with with the adoption process was was really nice. Um, they didn't just, like, let me take her because I was a trainer. You know, they, oh, still, that's nice. they still took me they through still the full interview. They still respected all of the different protocols that they should yeah. follow for like, each adoption. Like, you know, adoption. why should she, you know, why, 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 why this dog? Maybe right. Not the They're others. in place for a reason, like, regardless yeah. of who you are. Right. The protocols that they follow. Yeah, so I really liked that, and, um, yeah, she, she's been excellent. Um, so then it was just Vlad and May and me for a while, um, and then we moved into a house with my partner. We, we all moved in together. Yep. He, he started getting to know the dogs and stuff like that, and um, I just had these, these two cute little gremlin dogs, and, you know, started <laughs> dabbling in different stuff, uh, GRC, scent work, kind of seeing what May likes and doesn't like. And, um, I wanted, insert mojo, <laughs> my next dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I don't, I don't think I said May's breed. Sorry, I'm bouncing all over the place. No, it's good. Um, but May is, I said, I, I did say she's a lizard, but I yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, we did clarify that she <laughs> is part lizard. I didn't embark on her, and she is mostly Australian cattle dog, American Pitbull Terrier, and Rat Terrier. So, yeah, it was cool she to does kinda... not look cattle doggy to me. At no, all. she's got like the size. Yeah, I mean, she has, okay, don't get me wrong. She has the build to her. Exactly. That if you knew Australian Cattle Dog when you were looking at her, mm-hmm. you'd go, oh, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I see it. But otherwise, you would have no idea. No. Like she her coat has pretty. nothing like yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, she, her temperament is more like a rat terrier. Like mm-hmm. she acts more like a rat terrier than any of the other breeds. I Interesting. Think. Interesting. Um, but yeah, you, you know, you never know. Genetics, what those man. Mixes, yeah. <laughs> but it, it was cool to like know kind of what she is. Um, and then, so you're coasting with your two. Yeah, really close. We were just like doing, doing fun stuff. Um, you know, I got made to a really cool point. Me and Vlad were, you know, really getting into GRC and like trying to, uh, you know, hopefully pass his SR1 so he could do drive sports yeah, and work yeah, at the GRC yeah. club right. and doing all this. And then with May, I kind of just did a bunch of different stuff to see what she liked, you know, playing with her and um, getting her off-leash trained and taking her swimming, all the things that she liked to do, but um, figuring out, like, what is going to be the sport or work that you do. Yeah, okay. And we cool. ultimately came up with, like, therapy dog. Yeah. Um, which was cool because different avenue for me and um, I kind of recognized that her drives were in a place that I maybe was pushing her a little bit too much to be in a sport. Yeah. And when I let a lot of that go and just, you know, hung out with her and we just did our thing, I quickly realized how being social is what fulfilled her. Yeah. Like getting to be social with people, social with dogs. And so that's when I was, she was helping me with my business a lot and my clients. Um, And so I kind of, you know, just didn't pressure any of the sports stuff and focus more on that with Vlad because he yeah. needs that. Yeah. And then kind of took a backseat on her and it, and it worked out great. Like our relationship blossomed because of it. Um, but then I was kind of left in this space of like, uh, 
I want a bigger challenge. Yeah, like you're unfulfilled. Yeah. yeah. Like you, I need you I want a bigger challenge. Both of your dogs, right? right? Like you found the thing that get gives them fulfillment, which is great cuz through that it does give you fulfillment. Mm-hmm. But you're also a, a different being. You're an individual as well. So you have something about you that will you'll find even more fulfilling. Right. And aka how we get mojo. Mojo. <laughs> um yeah, and, you know, it's funny. I always said, I was like, I'm not going to be the trainer that gets a Malinois or a German Shepherd <laughs> and does Schutzen. And, like, I'm not going to be a cliche. <laughs> Insert like, the cliche. Yeah, I'm like a punk, right? I'm like, <laughs> I do not, I, I'm not traditional. I do not want to just, like, I'm not a out. conformist. Yeah. And um, a couple of my newer dog training friends were super into it. And uh, Into yeah. what? Uh, into Schutzen, okay. into into yeah. pointy dogs wanting to get one. Pointy like, ear dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like you know, me, pointy nose, pointy ears. <laughs> like, 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 yeah. I want to get this dog and I want to do this thing. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And um, I was like, yeah, whatever. Maybe I'll get like a hunting lab or like you know. I just wanted. I mean, to, like, yeah, that's a working dog, not yeah, pointy. Uh, right. <laughs> so I'd always been into like working dogs, and finally, like you know, I had a house was ready for. I was just ready for that kind of next chapter, mm-hmm. and. um... I really wanted community. So this is kind of what, why I chose, like, the Dutch Shepherd. Okay. So I found people, like, I feel like I finally found people that I felt comfortable training with. I uh, enjoyed just hanging out with. Mm-hmm. Like, we have, you know, we all had goals, but we weren't, like, crying about it or, like, right. losing our minds over, like, this. So stressed. Yeah. Right. It was like, no, I want this to be fun, you know? And most importantly, I want a dog that I can, you know, I can hike with and I can swim with, I can go camping with, and uh, the fur is going to be something that is good in all weather. Because that yeah. that's the other thing about the bullies, right? Like, yeah. I love winter hiking, and I was like, oh, I did not think about this. Like, <laughs> did not think about I have to buy them so many, so much extra stuff to be able to go and do this, yeah. you know? And, and even then, I'm like, oh, it's a little dangerous going up into the high peaks, with this little staffy, yeah. with three feet of snow, and like he's not going in a backpack, like no, no way, no he's, way. Gonna, he's gonna be like absolutely not. No. Um, and so you know, I wanted something a little more rugged, a little bit, a little more all season, but that I could also dabble in like new sports with to also grow as a trainer. Um, and so my good friend Miranda was getting um, a Malinois. Mm-hmm. My good friend Paula, shout out Miranda, shout yeah. out her business. Miranda with Adventure Tales, New York. There we go. Um, she's excellent. She also loves hiking and off-leash and all of this stuff that I'm talking about. Yep. Shout out, Paula. Um, yeah, and Paula owns Henry Loves Betty, which is a small day co- daycare in Troy. And she also owns um, a boarding business um, out of her house. She has like 100 acres. Yeah. Um, and, and she does boarding there as well. And she has an employee that is training. And we can we can add all of that in the Yeah, well, no, I had to give I got to give them their props. Yeah, so we they, drop them. Um, yeah. They are kind of like my training team right now as far as, um, you know, sport goes and, and we, we bounce ideas back and forth. Yeah, just they're like your you core. and I do all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it was funny. Mojo was like really impulsive, like a very, very fast, impulsive decision. I was like, okay, I'm all in. I'm going shuts in. Like, <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to be the dog trainer that gets a Malinois. And so I dabbled back and forth between... Do I want to get a dog who is already two, so I know what I'm getting, like yeah. for my first, yeah. you know, sport dog, um, not go through the puppy raising, and so I, I reached out to a few breeders and kind of chatted with them about that, you know, like, do you have any dogs 
available that are older. Right. Um, I also chatted with some breeders about just doing some puppy raising, like to just see, like, is this a breed I'm going to want, right. you know? Um, and then it came down to German Shepherd, Dutch Shepherd, Malinois. Yeah. And then I was like, The big Whoa. three. <laughs> Where do I go? Because there's so many breeders. There's, you know, there's so much crazy information out there uh, with all of these breeds. And, like, I wanted a dog that was going to be suitable for my lifestyle. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm not like a quote-unquote working dog mother where if my dog's not doing the sport they're in a kennel or right. like it's like right. no this dog's gonna sleep with me it's gonna live in it's my house livable. like yeah. yeah um to an extent right right like, you know right. with management stuff in play and um so I asked my really good friend Alicia um who she's been in the dog world for a long time I think she's she's out of dog world now um and, and she lives in Ohio but she uh She's like no bullshit. Yeah. She will just tell you like I love those people, man. She knows everybody. Oh, I love those people. Um she's super blunt. Yeah, you don't take it personally, but she tell cares. You, what's up. you yeah. know, like she cares. But she's also not gonna sway you one way or another right. either. Oh yeah, she's um, just gonna be honest. And so I was like, this is the type of person I wanna ask. Mm-hmm. Um so I narrowed it down to uh Dutch Shepherd or Malinois for a couple reasons. Help. Yep. Um, you know, that's major for the, the German. Shepherd. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, the German shepherds are just, you know, so overbred. And, and so I in wanted to avoid that at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you were looking to get from the U S you weren't looking overseas. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't want to import anything or anything crazy like that. Um, are you calling me crazy? No. I mean, <laughs> Cause crazy, Loki's imported. Crazy for me. <laughs> not joking. No, crazy for me. <laughs> not, not collectively as a whole, but yeah. That, it, no, me, it was crazy. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, I, for, for my first, like, pointy dog anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Like, now maybe I would consider, like, now that it aligns a little more. And you kind of know what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But. Um, and so I narrowed it down because help, also a little bit less hair, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit of a smaller size. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I wanted a female because, um, I'll only ever have one male in my house, so that way I don't have to, you know, rotate a lot because I keep yeah. my dogs intact if I can. Yeah. Um, and and Vlad can be, you mean crate rotate? Just yeah. define. That's all, for listeners. That's all. Crate rotate of. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, you yeah. you can't have two. I mean, I, I shouldn't say you can't. There's, like you and I talk. There's exceptions. You and I talk certain language because we're both trainers. Right. So I will interrupt every once in a while and go. Right. Hey, we need to define for pet sure. people like what that means. That's all. So two. I forgot we were recording. <laughs> so two. Um. You know, two powerful sporting males living in the same house yeah can be a little dodgy right you know so I didn't want to live a life where only one of the males was able to be out at a time and this can happen with females this can happen with two dogs who you just both rescued two dogs right right hate each other but the (laughs) but the likelihood of you know when you're raising and training powerful males bred for this sport to this level you're typically gonna have some sort of conflict like within everyday life like I wouldn't be able to live the way I'm living now with the the females and the one male Mm -hmm. um so I wanted to go female which was also new for me because I have never raised a female Mm i had only had males really growing up um the male that I adopted at a later age Vlad yeah and then May was like I got her later she was already spayed right I didn't really a little bit older yeah, so yeah. I was like, oh, this will be, you know, cool new territory. Right. Um, and so I asked her, I said, all right, if you, like, today we're going to 
go get a Malinois or a Dutch Shepherd. Yeah. What breeders would you go to and why? And she gave me just an amazing amount of info and sent me basically like, these are the only ones I would trust. <laughs> and hey, so I was like, okay. That is the best friend I have ever heard. Yeah. I would love to have people like that in my life. Way more of those there people. There is nothing better than a good referral from yeah, somebody that better. you trust, right? Yep. Like she's in my trusted feedback circle if I have, if I need a straight shooter. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I decided to go... Dutch Shepherd. There was just something in my head that I was just like, I want to be different. Right? <laughs> I don't want the Malinois. I want to get the Dutchie. Um, which like, you know, not too much. Di- not too, too much no, difference. they are different. Co- they're different. Co- they're different. Co- to different color. Yeah. But I mean, obviously appearance wise, they, they look very different. Yeah. But they, they are still different in them themselves. Right. So, and also, um, I just feel like the Malinois are also getting overbred and yeah, just whatever. Lots of reasons. Don't have to dive too deep into that. But, uh, so I contacted um, this breeder, and he said, you know, what if I told you that someone just dropped out of this litter I have on the ground right now, and they're six weeks old? And I was like, <laughs> whoa. Yeah, what do you mean? Like, so that means, like, in two weeks I have to go pick a puppy <laughs> Seriously, up? Like, wow. I thought I was going to, like, get on a list, have to wait. Right. Like, get a puppy in the following year if you're lucky if they breed the puppy right. that's suitable to what you're looking for exactly yeah and, and uh my breeder was uh super super good with that like he chooses the dog after the application process he chooses the puppy okay. for you okay you don't go and choose you know your own puppy yeah i was gonna ask you a lot about that because um i know that a lot of listeners will either be in the rescue camp mm-hmm. where they'll like go to a shelter and they'll get a dog from there mm-hmm. um it's very popular in the U.S. to do that, and that's like a lot of times the type of clientele that I'm working with is they got a dog from a shelter situation or a rescue or something. Um, but for those that are interested in going the breeder route, there's a lack of, at least I feel, there's a lack of information or education yep. for the just the everyday pet person to know what questions to ask and what to look for if they're going to go the breeder route and actually select a dog for a their lifestyle and their family and their purposes and stuff like that yeah so you diving like I like that you're diving into that topic a lot because I see at least this episode to have a little bit of um this can serve as a little bit of an education for people so they have better understanding of what they should be doing and what they should be asking for to know if they're going to be getting the dog that is right for them and also getting it from the breeder that is doing it in yeah. an ethical way. <laughs> it's, it's it's really tough. It's wild out there. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Disclaimer, it's wild out <laughs> it's there. Wild. Right. Um, but, but you explaining things, yeah, what yeah. you've been doing so far is, right. is excellent information. Like, I wish more people knew about that is what I'm saying. Yeah. Or knew to ask what questions or knew what to look for. Because it's hard. It is. you can get, you know, you may think you're getting this excellent bred dog. And if you don't know what to ask or you don't know how to find out information about who you're getting the dog from, yeah. then you can end up with like a, you know, a poorly bred dog that you don't know. Right. Exactly. And that happens all the time. Yeah. Like you ask one of your really good friends who, you know, if you're not a, a, a trainer and you don't have this information, you ask one of your really good friends who got a golden retriever from this person yep. back in the day and they loved it and it was a great dog and you, they don't really know much about dog breeding or dog training and it was just like, well, my good friend did say, yep. you know, so... It can be really challenging, but I think some of the main things are like, is the, does the dog have OFA testing? Mm-hmm. Um, 
does the dog have a pedigree? Like, <laughs> yep. what does the pedigree look like? You know, and I think you can dive really far into lines and all that, all of that crazy stuff, but just some basic For stuff. average, I don't Have think you met the parents? Like, yeah. but the, the health testing, the, the vetting, like, mm-hmm. all of that stuff is insane. And how does the breeder live with the dogs? Like, what kind of updates do you get? Yeah. Um, what is the application process? Yeah. Right? Because, right, like, right, that right. is... So what was your experience then? Doing um, all of that? So I, I had reached out to him. He asked me a number of questions, like a lot of questions. You know, he, he kind of, uh, I think, appeased me by being like, hey, I've got this litter on the ground right now just to get me excited. Yeah. And he was already coming from um, a little bit of a biased place because I was then referred by my friend. Right. Okay. Alicia, yep. who is really good friends with him. Right. So you're so already... she vouched for me. You're already said, trusted to some degree. Exactly. Yeah. She said, hey, again, and he trusts her, right, because right. she's this type of person. She said, hey, listen, like, she will do awesome by mm-hmm. whatever dog you, you give her. Like, she's going to do a great job, but, you know, ask her what she's looking for. Right. And, uh... So, basically, if the breeder doesn't ask you a bunch of questions, oh, yeah. I would go no to that breeder. Yeah, if they just say, like, <laughs> well, there's one left, do you want it? Yeah. Don't go get Walk it. Walk away, people. Walk away <laughs> <Yeah>. from this. <laughs> yeah. Um, he asked me a bunch of questions. I, I laid out exactly what I was looking for. Um... And he said, okay, I haven't chosen who any of these puppies, you know, I have a list, but I haven't chosen who's going to who yet because, yeah. you know, they're only uh, six weeks old. Like, I, I've got to get them out separately. I've got to get to know them a little more. I have to do some more tests. Mm-hmm. So so he's um, trying to Things assess. like puppy culture, assessing yeah. temperaments. Um, you know, he has kind of a, a generic, like, temperament test that he follows. Okay. Um, to get, you know, because... Genetics are so weird, right? But to get <laughs> some sort of baseline, right? Because right. you really don't know until the dog's fully matured. But you can get somewhat of, you know, some information. Um, and then by like seven or eight weeks, so I think a couple weeks later, I, I knew I wasn't going to be able to pick my puppy up until nine weeks just okay. because of the way that I was going to work out yeah. and I had to fly down there and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um so I, you know, I told him I really am looking to get into Schutzen, like just club level, like have fun, mm-hmm. learn, maybe get, you know, an IGP one or, or something like that, American Schutzen one. Um, just really learn with this dog. But the most important thing was stability, like okay. being stable, okay. being able to live, you know, uh, an active family life. Okay. How do you so, define stability for you? So I want this dog to be able to have a clear enough head to be involved in things even if the dog wasn't going to do sport. Okay. Right? Okay. Um, which, again, it's like, you can't it's really, really hard you to can't really get yeah, yeah at that age for a puppy, but you can get somewhat of an idea. Right. And then there's, like, nature versus nurture and, like, all yeah, these things right, that we right. talk about, too, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I did straight up say to him, I will take one with less, like umph and drive intensity and intensity to get more stability yeah you know okay. so you see some of these like washouts i always joked like if i got a male no i'd get the washout that like wasn't right for sport or anything because like oh yeah i just want to go hike and swim and camp and like do all this fun stuff yeah you but know? then still do the cool dog stuff if right. you can right. yeah, yeah like versatility was really important for me and and health and all that stuff so i told them you know the most important thing for me is to be able to do all these other activities yeah um, and be okay with just doing that if I decide to not, you know, be serious Compete about sports sport. or yeah. anything like that. Um, 
and he sent me two different videos. So he, he narrowed it down to two different puppies, and then he let me choose between the two, which okay. I thought was cool. That's cool. He gave so you had some, some sort option. of choice. Yeah, Yeah, because these two which is females also, were really similar. Like, that's very what I'm saying. Similar. It's very fortunate that you had the opportunity to choose between two very similar and well-suited pups out of that right. litter for yourself. Yeah, Most it was often, cool. it's not, you don't, you have a select criteria of what you're looking for, and usually the reader's like, hey, I have one right. that meets that criteria. Do you right. want it or not? But you actually had the opportunity to choose between two. That's really, like... That's it was cool, yeah. An anomaly. It's not common. I wasn't expecting it because he was, like, I got the one video and I was like, oh my god, there's the one. Like, there she is. And, and then he was like, or... And, <laughs> and I was like, like, oh what? no. I was like, oh no, don't get me... Like, you're supposed to pick for me. Oh, shit. <laughs> now, now it's up to me. Um, no, but it was cool. And I did end up picking the one in the first video that he sent. Um, because I remember watching, this is Mojo now, I watched the video and I was, I was smiling the whole time and it was just this video of her just at his side, just following him. Like he took her on her first like solo walk, like yep. without mom, without the other puppies. Yeah. And he's like laughing because he's like, this is what we call natural engagement. Um, he's like, I charge extra for this. So if you get this one, it's going to be like, he, he's, he made like funny jokes about yeah, it. Yeah. But she was so cute. And she was just following him around, just, like, trotting, like, looking like she's healing with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, not those crazy videos, like, hanging off of his legs and being like, all she does is bite. And, yeah, like, he right, was just, right, right, He was just like, here's this cute little dog. Um, and uh, she was just so, so sweet looking. And then he sent me the other one, very similar. But I was like, nope, I feel it. Like, I'm going to make this choice. This is the one that I want. And a week later, I, two weeks later, I flew out, um... And you when, didn't change your mind. I didn't change my mind. <laughs> when you saw her. No, she was the last one. I think she was the last oh, one. Oh, so you were the last yeah, one to pick up. Yeah, I was the last yeah. one to pick up. Okay. Um, I flew down. I got to meet mom. Um, and it was so cool. Like, he just let mom and puppy out and, mm -hmm. you know, some of his other dogs. And it was cool. They just, like, came out and they were just like, hey. Like, nice. It was nice to see the other so real duchies that he owns really and has social. Spread. Yeah. yeah. But well, also, not really social. But they were also but... um, a nice amount of neutral and aloof which yeah. I liked too right um uh like Mojo's mom Cobra she came out she said hi to me but then she was all about Ian mm -hmm. like she was all about him which is the breeder like checking on her puppy we went on a walk together which was really cool so I got to see um you know like just like how her mom was out on that yeah and there's like little Mojo just like biting at her mom's tail on the walk and like <laughs> playing around and going barking and like being really silly um and it was just it was cool the whole experience is cool and then we flew back um, and he did so many cool things to make sure that our flight back was going to be good. He oh, made okay. sure he didn't feed her too much. He gave her a bath. He gave me information on like, you know, giving her a little bit of Benadryl before the flight. And, yeah. Like he checked on her probably six times, like from the time I left his house oh, to getting to the airport. That's like, awesome. How's she riding the car? Like, how is this? Like, did you guys land, land yet? Right. So another right. just good things to be looking for, like in a good, in a good like, he cares they actually care. Yeah. Yeah. And if anything goes wrong, he would take the dog back. Mm -hmm. That's another That's another big thing. thing. Yeah. Um, and he still, to this day, we talk all the time. Like, he asks how her training's going. He asks if we need any help with anything. He checks in on her. He shares stuff all the yeah, time. Like, right. he just really loves his dogs. And so I'm so glad that I went with this breeder. Um, and the sport has been crazy. Getting into Shih Tzu with Mojo has been insane. Yeah, so let's define Ooh. a little bit for people what... Schutzen is. Yeah. Let's, we also tapped on the words, or the letters, we should say. GRC. Yep. 
and SR1. So we'll have to define, we can define those two eventually because we talked about those with Vlad. But for listeners who don't know sport, let's define like what those things are so we can kind of get a little bit of context before you keep going so that people can actually follow you. Yeah. So, um, Schutzen is, I'm a newbie, so I might butcher this, but it is. (laughs) Well, I don't operate in Schutzen at all. I think one of the I'm not going to be the best at at defining it either. So you're talking. (laughs) I mean, I'm brand new. I mean, even into sport world, I've only really been into dog sports for a couple years, but, uh, Schutzen is like, I think one of the most age old dog sports. Yeah, I think so um, too. Yeah. Which involves three different phases. Um, it was based on the German Shepherd. Like that was the main breed. And originally they used it as a test for police work. Mm -hmm. So for the dogs to be able to, um, you know, show all the proper drives and willingness and all that stuff to be able to go into the forces. So it's how Uh, they assessed the the, uh, shepherds to determine if they were, that particular dog was capable to then become a police working dog. Correct. Yeah. Um, So there's three different phases. One is tracking, um, where they have to follow the scent of footprints. So you walk, lay a track with your footprints, um, and then there's articles within that track too, which could be like a piece of wood, a piece of leather, um, a piece of carpet. Those are like the three traditional kind of little triangle pieces sure. of these materials. Samples. So yeah, so dog has to track with their nose, scent out these articles, indicate them appropriately. Okay. Um, so that's one phase, tracking. What's indicating? Um, indicating means finding the article, and they can either do, there's a lot of different ways a dog can indicate. They can uh, just stand still and stare at the article. They can sit and look at the article, or they can down on the article. I believe, again, I could be wrong, yep. but I believe in Schutzen they have to down, okay. and they can either just stare at it, or they can point, look at the owner, point, look at the yeah, owner. Yeah, so like look at the article. Yeah, the owner, the they article, basically have the to let the, let the handler know, hey, I found this thing, here it is, without disturbing it, touching it. Right, I'm just going to stay here so that you know where it is, because I know right. where it is, come look at it. Now <laughs> you can come collect it, yep. right? Yep, um, and in shits and sport, you'd show the judge, say, okay. hey, my dog found it. Um, and there's usually, I believe, three articles okay. total on the track. Again, could be wrong on that. Um, hey, we're going to go with it. <laughs> yeah. So that's tracking. And then there is obedience, which is just how it sounds. So the dog has to perform um, an obedience routine, which consists of healing, um, a sit in motion, a down in motion. Okay. Um, once you get to higher levels, there's a stand in motion, there's a recall, there's a long down okay. portion. So there's different levels yeah. to it that you can compete in. Once you compete, is it that you have to it gets harder. pass one in order to do the next Correct. one? Correct. Okay. Yep. You got to start first with the temperament test, which is the BH. Okay. That's just kind of an all around. You do a little obedience routine and there's a traffic por- portion where they make sure there's no dog aggression. There's no human aggression. Yep. Um, there's no environmental sensitivity. Okay. So bikes, cars, things like that. Yep. Um, then you can go to your, uh, you know, your one. Once you pass your one, you can go to your two, and it goes okay. up to three. Okay. Um, and the last phase is protection. So tracking, obedience, and then the protection phase um, is kind of the apprehension phase. So, right, so when they used to assess for police training, this was to be able to find and take down a bad guy a bad guy right Right. bark them hold them in a corner till you get there or tell them they can attack okay um and this part's cool too because there's a lot of obedience and control that goes into it but then there's also the reward rate on the field which is cool right so it's kind of like a giant game to the dog so most of the dogs that you see 
in sport are more just like having a great time. It's they know it's a game. The helper can take the, you know, the helper can take the sleeve off and. Uh, they can be social with the the helper like right, right after. Right, so right. It's just like a, a giant game, um, and the protection phase has, you know, guarding. Um, it has gripping. Like there's so many. There's long bites. There's um, a side transport. Like all these crazy things that you guys probably don't know what I'm talking about, but it's uh, it's kind of like a big genetic test really right. right with some secondary obedience because you got to have healing before right. you can send your dog to the guard you got to have recall off all this you have to have an out you know um and so those are kind of the, the general those are the three phases and then they get more challenging okay and why so why was it that with mojo did you know that you wanted to compete in Schutzen before you got her? Yes. Or was, okay, so yeah. Yep. And then, so I kind of chose my sport first because yeah. I had some friends that were getting into it and okay, I was like, I that want, was going to be my question. Like, yeah, I want a training community to and do so. Schutzen over, you know, any other type of sport that exists for dogs, to like working dogs to do. Yeah, yeah. So I, cho- I chose Schutzen because I had found a community of people, right, these these two incredible women that I was like, yeah, I just want to train, whatever you guys are training and I want to train with you. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, so you're basically a group. Whatever we're training, <laughs> whatever we're training, I want to train with you. You guys are cool. I like the vibe. Like, no, but that's awesome. And then it was like, yeah, of course I'm going to get a breed meant for right. the sport. You right. Know? Right. Okay. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it was, it was a sport, then the breed, but I also, again, knew like if she, if we didn't want to continue with this sport, we could all still do all the other things that I love. Right. Um, and I've tried, you know, we're trying different stuff together and we're, we're trying not to stay. I say we as in me and Mojo. We're trying not <laughs> to stay rigid, you know? Yeah, okay. Um, so I've been dabbling in just she's like, how old now? She is one and a half. Yeah, she's, okay. She's like almost 18 months old. So she's getting to that, like almost, like she's hitting yeah, that maturity. She, what month of the year was she born in? April. Okay. April 19th is yeah, her birthday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, her and Loki are really close in age. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, so we got into the crazy world of Schutzen, we joined a club, we, and I, it's been, like, a crazy whirlwind <laughs> ever since that, because dog sport world is really cool and also really crazy, um, but I've met a lot of cool people, it's taught me a lot, and, and I think ultimately, too, I'm growing as a dog trainer, and that has been the coolest part for me. Okay. Because a lot of the things that I am troubleshooting and, and working on and brainstorming on and training, it takes so much thought, you know? And right. So, just like dog training. Right. But but with sport, you have very specific criteria. Yes. And there's right. so much crossover. I, th- I don't think a lot of people um, grasp that or recognize that. Yeah. But there's so many, there's so much skill that comes to, right, like in Schutzen, they're looking for the most amount of power and the most amount of precision at the same time. Which is which just, is just insane. It's right? just baffling <laughs> that you like can have be fast both. and powerful and also be perfect. Right. <laughs> don't run into anything, be precise, don't be crooked. <laughs> and the skill that goes into toggling both of these things, knowing exactly what that dog needs in that moment, knowing when to shift in that moment, like all of those skills are so helpful for just pet dog training. You know, so mm-hmm. I think there's so much that sport can offer um, for pet dog trainers, and right. I and I think there's like a 
a divide kind of sometimes with yeah, that. Yeah, I, where I, like, I feel I'm a that dog as well. Trainer, I don't do sports and right. Um, or you know that person's a sport trainer, so I'm not going to contact them. Some of the best things I have learned so far have been from predominantly sport trainers for pet dog training. That's like, awesome. It, it's uh, it's crazy. Like some really really paradigm shifting stuff because you got this huge. German Shepherd on a bite sleeve, <laughs> like holding on for its life, and you have to tell it to out. Right. You know what I mean? And it's and doing like, its absolute most favorite thing in the just, entire fucking world. And you just world. got it insane, and now you have to tell it to let go, right. and then you have to tell it to come back into heel, and now you've got to tell you know. So the amount of control, the relationship you have to have with that dog, right? Um, the, like the skill set, truly. Like that's why my training is going so slow with Mojo because. <laughs> It is so hard, and I found a lot of gaps in my pet dog training because of because of doing different sports, right. you know? Okay. Um, so that's been, like, really, really cool. Um, and, yeah, that's how I got Mojo. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I got Mojo. That shit's in. Yeah. Um, so you're still you're still working for shit's in now. Yes. Right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, I'm leaning a little more towards American shit's in. So there's IGP, and then there's American shit's in. Again, sport world is crazy. So it started out just as shits and now it's changed into all these yeah. different things. Yeah, we're throwing lots of letters at you yeah. guys. <laughs> so American but we're Schutzend. opening your eyes to new things. Like, right. I know that so many pet people don't know what any of this stuff is. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is. But there's we're a very towards that because it's a very big divide. Yes. Versus okay. tracking. So I, I was like, I don't know, tracking to me felt a little more... Don't kill me, shuts in people. <laughs> or IGP people. It, it, if I have those types of listeners, I'm going to be real impressed. It feels, <laughs> it feels a little more like a second obedience, really, because it's like they have to search every single footstep. They can't really search naturally. Yeah, okay. It's like they have to do it a certain way or else they're going to get points off. Okay. American Schutzen has scent detection, which is um, a little more like organic for okay. the dog because they can scent however they want they can air scent they can ground scent okay they don't have so they're to not kind following of... footsteps on the ground correct okay. now they're searching um luggage and they're searching mm. cinder blocks that have a specific odor okay so it's uh, a little closer to what they what they do with the police cameras, right, right right um so i found that a little bit more fascinating and fun and kind of like a cool real world application yeah also. okay um so I contacted a trainer um, in the Albany area who uh, helps and trains. He's a dog trainer, and he does all that kind of training. And we did a couple sessions, got a good foundation, and yeah. now I'm loving training that. Okay. And tracking was kind of sapping me. And I was like, oh, cool. They created American Schutzend for this reason. Yeah, and like, they took the piece out. don't like tracking. <laughs> they took the piece out that yeah. I didn't like and put something in right. that I like more. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, we're leaning towards that route, but again, we're very open. Um and you can kind of cross-train in both, too, which is cool, because yeah. they're very, very similar. Right. I mean, so, they come from the same stem. Yeah. So a lot of people uh, will title in both. Right. Which okay. is cool. But, that's awesome. But yeah, you know, we're not really chasing titles. I just, I like to have goals with my dogs. I think that's important. It's something I talk with my clients a lot about. And I think sports have helped myself and my clients be able to have goals that motivate them. Okay. Right? So, yes, their dog's motivated now and fulfilled, which is of course, what we're looking wildly for. Yeah. important. Yeah. But now I have motivation from the client end, and sometimes that can be, right, those of you listening, I, I'm a pet owner too, like, yeah. I get it. There's times where it's just like, I'm not into it right now. Yeah. I don't really, like, this feels like a lot. Yeah. 
Um, it's hard to be motivated to do training sessions. Oh my god! And Another trainer. Into, it's been it's been so nice, like watching clients be excited about small things again, just because mm-hmm. they got into something with their dog that right. felt like, ooh, I have a goal to chase. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, so. I was talking with another trainer, um, uh, Rachel Weaver, which she won't mind that I said her name, which is why I said it. But um, <laughs> I keep we, forgetting we're recording. I just name dropped everybody. <laughs> no, you're fine. So. <laughs> um, but uh, I was talking with her, uh, what's today? Today is Monday, so a couple days ago. And uh, she was talking about how, like, yeah, and being honest about having being a trainer, but then having dogs herself. And she was like, yeah, you know, sometimes I have to just say to my dogs, like, not every day is going to be my dog's favorite day. Like, because sometimes I'm battling my own motivation to go out and, you know, do the fulfilling thing with you. And, like, it's, it's hard because you, you know, depending on how many dogs you have in your household, that also weighs on how much time you have to devote to each one and giving each other each dog fulfillment every single day like having a goal in mind would be the extra push I feel at least for me and maybe some of my uh, clients as well having that little bit of a goal could be that extra push that like yeah I can get up and go do the thing now because I'm actually working towards something tangible rather than just like my trainer says that I should do this or I just arbitrarily want this to happen with my dog but then again to Rachel's point there are times where I'm like Loki like today's just not gonna be your favorite day like oh, yeah I mean today's the day that we are not going outside and going on a hike or going and playing fetch or tug like you are just gonna be an inside dog today and like right. that's what we're doing <laughs> because that's the degree of effort that I can put in today yeah it's a hard like it's a hard juggling act I think sometimes and even us trainers have a hard time doing it Oh, yeah, I think especially us, like, you know, there's a lot of times that our dogs do, we're working with dogs all the time, so our dogs do get the back burner, and Mm -hmm. what's cool is having these sports and these clubs, it's like I have set times to go do these individual, it's cool having my dogs in different sports, too, because it's like, when I go to Schutzen, it's me and Mojo, like, it's just her and I in the car, it's just her club night, Right. this is for her. And so we get to spend that individual time together. And then when I go to GRC with Vlad, yep. it's like, this is just me and him. It's our time. Like, we're, we're vibing, you know? Yep. When I go do therapy work with May, or she comes to, like, a barbecue with me or whatever, because sure, she loves yeah. that stuff. It's like, she's so is, social. Yeah, this is our time. And so that's cool, too, because I've gotten to know my dogs separately. It's mm-hmm. so easy when you're a dog trainer, especially, and you have multiple dogs. <laughs> just group them all together for time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um... Even, but, not even as a dog trainer. I think even as, like, just a pet Just owner, anybody. Just yeah. anybody. Yep. You have multiple dogs, and you're like, okay, yeah, my dog needs fulfillment every day. Mm-hmm. Both the dogs are going outside with me, and we're playing fetch with both mm-hmm. of them at the same time. Or, you know, we're both, both going, going on, on a walk. walk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's because that's the classic one. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's been cool. And, it, and it's, like, giving me direction with them, too. Mm. That way it's like, you know, because it's, you know, we go out and hike, and we do other stuff, too, but not training for something just leaves us where we're at yeah which like isn't a bad thing no you know no but it's so crazy to look at the relationship I have with my dogs now versus before you know and with Mojo she kind of just started right from the gate doing sports stuff Mm -hmm. and training Mm -hmm. but not being involved in anything so not really having anything to train for and just kind of living with them and being like okay like we have a good life 
Yeah. And we have a good relationship, but the relationship that you get with a dog that is like in a, like you are in something together. You're like actually, a sport. Yeah, you're doing a thing together as like a cooperative unit. Yeah. The re- there is, it's unmatched. Yeah. Like the relationship that you feel at that level is so much different than just, just every day going on a walk and doing this. Because yeah. you, there's adversity that you have to overcome. There's um, problem solving. There's all of these things. So right? Why we tell our to clients get. to get into training and get yeah. into something with their dogs because right. you don't have those opportunities if you're just kind of walking around living life with your dog, which is not wrong. No. Right? Huh? But I would have never seen this level had I not tried sports. And again, never been the trainer I am now. Still a ton to learn if I didn't get introduced to kind of this world of dogs. Right. Right? Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really cool and scary and weird. And well, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it also stuff. provides, um, going off of what you were saying, of how you have the different classes for each dog to spend time with each dog individually. Yep. It reminded me, or it made me think of how just even having the classes themselves yep. gives you the structure that you need to go do the thing, right? Because if you don't go to that class then you miss that one. And also, if you're a social person, like I am, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you miss the social aspect of like, oh, my friends are there. Like I wanna, I have FOMO. FOMO, yeah. (laughs) Like I need to go. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Right? Um, But just even having that structure in place for you helps get you out and get you go training because you're like, okay, even if you're financially motivated, I pay for this class. Yep. Right? Like I should go to that. You have FOMO, like me. (laughs) You want to go to that. Or B, like you're actually working towards something, and this is my only opportunity this week, month, however frequently the classes are held, to go work on that thing with my dog. It's just something else that drives that motivation to get you out and get you doing something, which is phenomenal. It's true. Like, that is... I mean, I talk all the time about uh, motivation in dogs, you know, starting out especially with training. It's like, what motivates your dog? Right. But that piece of the client owner handler whatever whatever we want to call ourselves the human end yeah uh how are we motivated right you know what motivates us to get out there and do it and some people that is like i want to get my at around at 46er and i want my dog to get theirs too it does you know it doesn't have to be sport right um but to me that kind of is a sport too hiking's kind of a sport. i mean you know yeah um but having a goal in mind and having a support system like a group of people that are also training for the same thing has Mm -hmm. been really cool for me because we can brainstorm back and forth. We can, um, watch each other train. We can give videos for each other. You know, we can get photos for each other. We can watch each other's train. We can give feedback. Right. Um, that's been really cool for me as a dog trainer. Yeah, and you can show off to network. Let's not, you know, that. that feels good too. To show, show off, off a little bit. I mean, <laughs> come on, I'm I'm humbled more come times on. than <laughs> I'm humbled more times than I can count. Okay, maybe <laughs> I'm more motivated by being able to show up. <laughs> it's usually my like me at club being like, hey, remember, like you have to pause before you give that cue, yeah, and then yeah. I'm out there, and they're like, hey. uh, uh, Bree. Bree, you have to pause before, and I'm like, I know. I'm like, listen, I didn't say I knew how to do it. I can, I just know how to look for it. Do okay? as I say, not as I do. Right. Well, that's why I was like, this is why I need other right. peers and colleagues and things like that to grow. And uh, I was just talking to uh, my friends Paul and Miranda about this recently. How 
getting working spots at seminars, getting in front of other trainers that are so much more experienced than me or train a different mm-hmm. way than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this could go for, like, you know, for our listeners, getting in front of a dog trainer and feeling yeah. underconfident about your skill right. set and feeling a little embarrassed about your reactive dog. Right, and, right. Um, you know, feeling a little weird about it. That has been the coolest uh, experience for me as a, just a human to grow my confidence, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. as dog trainers, we're around clients all day that are kind of BSing us to death because us teaching a dog to sit when they couldn't teach the dog to sit is like we're a dog whisperer. Oh, yeah. Right? It so blows people's minds sometimes, the simplest things the that we're able to can, achieve. Yeah. Right. And so the ego the, can get inflated. Right. right. The ego can get inflated and then. I think then it's it's easy to get stuck in like always being around people that know a little less than you. Mm-hmm. And then you're not growing. I wasn't finding much growth in that. Yeah, you're I not was grown. staying a little stuck. Yeah, you know. And I could feel it. I could also see it in my skill set, like ha- starting to have some cases come in where I was like, "Ooh, I don't really know how to handle this." Like, right, right. I got to refer you out. Right. I this is out That's of my wheelhouse. Yeah. But I want this to be in my wheelhouse. Right. And so I'd go home, you know, and think about like, oh my God, how can I? <laughs> how can I get the skill set that yeah. I need in order to take those cases on? And getting in front of people and just being all exposed and vulnerable mm-hmm. and messing up and like, yeah. you know, also showing my clients this. So there's some relatability in that. Like we, yes, we are quote unquote dog trainers, but we're humans too. Like mm-hmm. we mess up, we're dog owners, we have knowledge, we have experience but we're still humans at the end of the right. day. Like we're yeah. going to make mistakes. Like, you know, my right. dogs have done a lot of the same stuff my clients' dogs have done and I've had to work through it and right. uh, hire other trainers. Like I have a set of trainers that I go to to work on different things and, uh, you know, chat with about different things because I have such an emotional connection with my dogs like most of most our, pet, our pet clients yeah. do. And yeah. our my vision gets clouded, yeah. right? And so I think we all need that kind of like peer review or yeah. um kind of mentor uh relationship you know, relationships and, yeah. and things like that so yeah the networking that sports have brought has been really cool right. for me too yeah. like just being more involved in stuff well it's cool to hear you talk about it boosting your confidence even though it feels scary oh it's uncomfortable it's, it's the very most uncomfortable, uncomfortable thing yeah. ever yeah. yeah it it reminds me of um i listened to I don't know if you listen to um, Huberman's podcast. Do you listen to that? I've dabbled a little bit. I think I've listened to a tiny bit of Yeah, one I have of the listened podcasts. to a very small set of his episodes. Yeah, but yeah, no, I don't think that I'm not like super familiar with it. Okay. He had this um he had this episode on uh, growth mindset. Have you heard like that phrase yeah. before? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um that I I thoroughly enjoyed. And uh, what he was describing was the difference between a growth mindset and an identity mindset. Mm -hmm. And I realized that the way that I grew up and was raised, parented, coached, whatever, I was given an identity mindset. So I've been told as I've been been growing into this semi-adult person that I am now (laughs) that I'm smart, I'm athletic, um, things come easily to me. And so now I have ingrained in myself this identity that I feel the need to uphold. Right. Because otherwise, I'm missing the mark. I'm not being true to myself. I'm not meeting certain standards that other people have told me that I'm supposed to be able to achieve. Mm -hmm. That's an identity mindset. 
right, listening to this podcast, I learned that um, I wish <laughs> that I was grown up, I grew up in a way with a growth mindset instead, where instead of assigning a specific identity to you that you're smart, you're athletic, you know, you're creative, you know, anything can be an identity. Um, instead, you get praised for the amount of effort you put in to do something. Right. So it's not contingent on whether you are successful or not. It's contingent on how much effort you put into doing whatever that thing is. Right. And it reminds me a lot of what you're talking about with the classes where going in front of other people is entirely so scary. Yeah. It can feel so crippling. Yeah, it's uncomfy. It, yeah, very uncomfy. <laughs> it's like, oh no. <laughs> and for me, like, I have this identity mindset where I'm supposed to naturally be good at doing things. Mm -hmm. That's just always something that people have told me as I've grown up. They're yeah. like, things just come easy to you. So when I get in front of people and I'm doing something that's challenging and I'm not doing well at it, I shoot myself down because right. I'm not meeting my identity. Right. But now I've learned that instead what I should be actually doing is praising myself for the effort of going in front of the people and doing the thing. Because right. that's demonstrating that I'm putting a lot of effort and work into doing what yeah. it is that I'm trying to achieve. Right. And it was just a really cool podcast and you just got me thinking about it because you were talking about how going in front of people and trying and doing things and getting feedback is giving you more confidence. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning to change my mindset in order to build up my confidence. Right. And trying to also translate that into how I coach my clients too. I was just going to say there's a huge crossover with those the growth mindset and the identity uh, mindset in uh, dog training because we talk a lot about the problem with the dog, the goal for the dog. Right. Let's say our goal is to teach the dog a heel. Sure. Right? And we work and work and work and work to get that perfect position and that is the only thing that's going to get rewarded so this would be like the success thing that yeah. you're talking about right, right right that's the success criteria instead of rewarding the amount of effort that they are putting into trying, trying their best it. at it yeah. and yeah it just hearing you talk about that made me think of that because i was just chatting with somebody about this i think a client recently because she's been struggling a lot with teaching this one thing mm -hmm. because she goes into every session with that identity mindset of my dog's a really smart German shepherd dog. It's supposed that should to be know, able to do It's supposed things. to be able to do this thing. Yeah. And, and, and because she's going in with that energy, yeah. the dog feels it. Leave it. Okay. Leave it. <laughs> what a good boy. I pick up my toy. Nice. <laughs> good job. But yeah, so then the dog feels it. She feels it. There's there's not this uh, nice give and take in the session. There's not rewarding of effort and motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's there's no allowing the dog to have, like, a sense of, of, of its own flavor and style in it. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, and so, yeah, it's, I think it's like a cool, a cool concept to think about kind of across the board, humans, dogs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying really hard to pay attention to how I praise my clients. Yeah. And, and using a lot of language where I say, I could, I could tell you've worked really hard on this while I've been gone. Like you've right. been putting in the effort to get this done. I can see it moving in the direction that we want to go because of you working every day for five minutes or whatever it is. Because of your efforts. Because yeah. of your efforts. Right. Just praising the effort that they're mm -hmm. putting in and motivating them to continue to give the same amount of effort, but also showing them that 
it's not the outcome that I'm going to be happy about you achieving. It's the effort that you're putting in to achieve the outcome that's going to make your coach happiest. Or right. Whatever. Not that my clients are trying to make me happy. Yeah. No, but when but you I go there, it's, it's important. Yeah, yeah, you I go there as like an assessor, essentially, of how things are going. And that can feel daunting and scary because, oh, the dog trainer is coming today. And, oh, I didn't complete all of the marks of my homework or you know all that kind of stuff right and that you know can sometimes make people not give the honest truth of what they've been doing and stuff like that so I've been trying to kind of check myself essentially and say like like, oh I shouldn't be you know nitpicking that they didn't achieve x goal what I should be doing is saying hey you've worked really hard at this I can tell right you know what I'm saying or stuff like that yeah even if even if the dog's taken a step back. Right. It's like, you know, that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. But what's cool is the amount of effort that you're putting into this. Because if we don't have effort and motivation in the clients, go back goes back to kind of this work thing I was talking about. Yeah. If Whether it's the dog or the human, if we don't have effort and motivation, what do we have? Nothing. Like, where do we... <laughs> yeah, we like, can't go anywhere. Else, you know? Um, you can't take it anywhere from that point. Yeah. And so I think, like just collectively um, from all standpoints it's those two things are really important so it's cool to hear it from like your story mm. um yeah you'll have and to, then to be it. thinking about it in dog training and thinking yeah. about it also as a teacher right right because that's we are teachers mm-hmm. coaches right right um whatever we want to call ourselves <laughs> like there's words, training a I dog <laughs> and then there's being a teacher mm-hmm. you know some people can train a dog really well and work for somebody else but not really work with clients but like they can train a dog yeah oh yeah they got but then there's the teaching component that i think like all these things we're talking about like Mm -hmm. is really important um and yeah just getting in front of peers and having community and like i think where we started with this is like why i chose schutzen (laughs) yeah 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 i know we go full circle we should though we should talk about grc Oh, yeah. Because we didn't define what those letters were, and we should also define what we are going to when you talk about JRC, but we should also define what SR, yeah. what any of the SRs are sure. to give context there, because we dropped those a couple of times, and yep. those are very, I find, compared to Schutzend, mm-hmm. very approachable. That's a very approachable sport, I think, for the average pet owner, at least in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's very open to... Many breeds. Uh, it's a newer dog sport, which yeah. is uh, makes it really unique, mm-hmm. um, comparable to all the others. So GRC is um, a dog sport created by JJack. Yep. Um, also, just cool note about JJack: he was one of the trainers that. Oh, I name dropped JJack last episode. Yeah, <laughs> he going to learning from Jay uh, online, going to seminars. He kind of started this paradigm shift for me in dog training okay. where I wasn't doing a lot of traditional stuff, right? Like I wasn't purely positive. I wasn't compulsive. I wasn't following a system anymore. Okay. He kind of introduced concepts to me. So just shout out to Jay because he was one of the, the trainers that I think opened my eyes more okay. about dogs and dog You should pay me for my podcast because I've, I've dropped him. I think like, this is the third time maybe at a nine yeah. episodes. <laughs> Yeah. 30% um, of the time we talk about change. But just learning stuff and hearing the way that um, he's a good teacher. You know, mm-hmm. hearing the way that he coaches. That's why I really like him. He, yeah, he's, he's down to earth. easy to understand um, things. Yeah, he does a good job. He coaching. makes things relatable. He um, gives credit where credit's due. Yeah. Um, he introduced me to Ivan Balabanov because a lot of 
his, Jay's concepts and theories, um, he learned straight from Ivan. Yep. Um, so he opened up like a really cool network of trainers for me and mentors to learn from and um, also created this cool dog sport. Um, so GRC stands for Gameness, Relationship and Control. Um, and it derives from the kind of old school pit bull sports, um, which consist of wall climb, weight pull, spring pull, and slap mill race. Um, except he wanted a way to add control into all of those sports as well. So the way that he kind of explained it on this, this podcast that I listened to recently was this was the framework of how he was training dogs. Okay. So how, what podcast was he in? Do you remember? <sighs> if you remember later, I'll link it. It's like Northeast something. She did a whole series. Okay. So um, if people want to know more about the sport, then I can, you know. Yeah. Well, they can go to grcdogsport.com if they want yeah, to learn. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. has a ton about the sport. Or you can um, reach out to our club at Adirondack GRC Club, mm -hmm. and we can answer any questions you have. We have a Facebook group. Um, there's also a GRC Dog Sports discussion discussion group on Facebook, which okay. has a ton of information and really good questions and okay, nice cool. back and forth. Sweet. Um, but yeah, so he this was his kind of framework and how he was working with dogs, and he wanted a way to make it more available to everybody. Yeah. Okay. Um, and make it kind of into a sport because of the motivation aspect. So this is kind of what he talked about in this podcast that I recently listened to was how much motivation it was giving his clients to oh, have nice. okay. these club days and these set goals and yep. uh, a community of people who understood why we're ha they were having their dog hang from a pole, you know, yeah. like with yeah, a tug yeah. on it and, right. and climb this wall and do all this stuff. And um, he was saying too how it's really similar, the framework's really similar to the bite sports like Schutzend or PSA, I won't name drop any other things, <laughs> but the bite sports, right? Right. But just without a human tug toy. So now you don't have a human in this bite suit or on this thing, but you've you've got these other drive components, right? Right. right. Um, and so he, uh, yeah, he created the sport kind of just, again, as a framework of his training, and it kind of blew up. Um, any breed can participate. Obviously, there's you know certain drive sports that some of the breeds like over the others, sure. but there you don't have to compete in all of them either, which is really cool. So it's really accommodating. Um, I have found it really accommodating for a lot of pet owners. Okay. Um, it feels a little uh, less non-threatening to get into. Yeah. A little easier. It's a, it's just more available. Okay. Um, That's what I was saying, and how I feel like it's more approachable. accessible. Yeah, yeah accessible. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so gameness, relationship, and control are, is kind of like, you know, what it stands for. So they took the traditional pit bull sports where there was no control and just <laughs> get that dog out of the car and let it go as crazy as possible. Balls to the wall. Testing the athleticism of the dog, basically. And they didn't care about what it was like before, after, what it does at home. Okay. Just, this is like, this is the dog. This is how athletic it is. And so he took that and added control components. So he made um, the SR test, which I talked about with Vlad, which stands for social responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, so similar to Schutzen, where you have to take the BH temperament test okay. before you can compete. Yep. Um, 
you have to pass this social responsibility test, which consists of a greetings portion. So you have to go up, say hi to three people. Yeah. Um, you know, your dog has to be under control during that time. This is the like leash walking section. Okay. Your dog has to maintain, you know, um, control on a six foot leash. Yep. Be able to be socially responsible, you know, with the three greeters. There's a figure eight around, uh, three figure eights around a set of uprights. That could be cones. It could be a vacuum. Okay. That switches up. Okay. Um, but this is testing the the dog's overall cooperation with being on a six foot leash. Okay. Does the dog yank you off the ground? Is the dog jumping on people? Okay. You know? Okay. Uh, or is the dog socially responsible? You know, it follows follows the leash. You can kind of steer it around pretty easily. Doesn't take you off your feet. You can say hi to people. You can mingle. Um, that's the first section. Second section is an obedience section where they test um, three things. The dog coming to a middle position, which is between your legs, okay. um, which Jay likes to use kind of as a safe spot for his dog, uh, his dogs, which I think is really cool because, you know, if you're out and about and you've got a dog who maybe doesn't want to be pet by people, if you put them between their legs, the likelihood of somebody reaching between your legs <laughs> yeah, reaching to pet the dog yeah, is a little different than if the dog's out to your left or right. Right. Or front. Yep, yep. Um, if you've got a pass... You know, you're in a narrow space and you've got to pass something to your left or your right. You stick your dog in middle. They've they've got guides. Middle's like one of my favorite positions right. for it's a, Loki. It's a I nice safety. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, so instead of healing, that's the position he chose for okay. his obedience. And then front, which is coming. Sorry, this chair is so squeaky. I know. I gave you the squeaky chair. I should have okay. sat in it myself. <laughs> it's okay. Because I'm so um, <laughs> Calling your dog to front. Um, so front and center, which is... Uh, you know, helpful for like a recall, like yep. making sure your dog comes to front close enough where you could attach a leash. Right. And so that's... it comes to the front of you and sits. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And if you pivot, it the dog follows it. You right. back so up, you're, like... you're always facing each other. Correct. Yep. The dog maintains that position. You should be able to unclip a leash, clip a leash on. That's actually in the test. Okay. And the dog doesn't clipping. move. It stays there. Right. Okay. Dog yeah. maintains criteria. Um, and then a down. There's a whole down stay portion. You have to go out of sight for 30 seconds. Okay. Um, there are a couple different distractions and also as again just like Schutzen as the levels get higher and higher it becomes a lot harder and harder right and harder. right okay um, I'm trying to think where I left off oh yeah the down section you have to go out of sight there's distractions a dog walks in you have to go up and greet that dog and that person and during this time your dog has to maintain their down right, they have to hold it correct okay. um, and then there is a liberty portion which I think People struggle with this portion the most <laughs> okay. because okay. this is the the section where your dog has to make choices with no help, basically. Okay. So and make appropriate socially responsible choices. Mm. Uh, so your dog is either off leash in kind of like a fenced area or on a thirty foot long line, and it's for three minutes, might be two, two or three minutes. And during that time, your dog can't run and jump on anybody, jump at you, try to play take anything in their mouth from the room, pee right. on something. Okay. Like, they just have to be, you know, social and chill and make good decisions. Yeah, and hang out. Um, okay. That's Vlad's, Vlad's hardest part. <laughs> he really struggles with that part because he... You also go from the obedience section where they're, like, really excited into And the they've liberty. been being told what to do. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, a, it's a hard test. It's not easy. Okay. Um, once they pass the SR1... There's three levels, so you can either keep competing in SR if you're an obedience person and you're really, like, training obedience with your dog. Okay. 
But once you pass the SR1, now you can compete in the drag sports. Got it. Okay. Which is what I explained before. Wall climb, weight pull, sprint pull, slat mill. Got it. Okay. Um, and then there also are control components now in the drive sports as well. Like they have to enter a certain way. They have to exit a certain way. Got it. They have to maintain some different obedience things uh, while they're on the spring pole or, you know, going for the wall mm -hmm. climb. So control with drive. Okay. And so what have you found about GRC that suits Vlad so well? Well, he's a bully breed, <laughs> so um, he has the genetics to want to fight. Okay, yep. Um, so the spring pull is one of like his favorite things because it's just a hanging tug toy, right? Where most dogs would be like, that's no fun, it's not moving. Yeah, yeah. He wants to get on that thing, hang, and fight till he drops yeah you know right. he's got no self-preservation he's literally so exhausted he can't do it anymore. oh yeah like yeah. he's he's happy he's happy to do that so it tests the gameness right okay. and, and he and he's got that um he's not like crazy crazy like some of the other dogs but he's a a nice driven dog um so he's super into that he loves flying up a wall and grabbing that tug toy for the wall climb like yeah. just super confident super motivated super game um down to do anything that involves impact and like okay, yeah uh, anything where he can just be his crazy little self be his bowling ball self because exactly. life is a pin yeah um <laughs> so i wanted a staffy knowing i wanted to get to grc too so it's kind of like i chose my sports and yeah, then I chose okay. my dogs okay um and, and that's not that other you know, there's t there's tons of other breeds that that do the sport. So again, it's super accessible for a lot of dogs. But uh, he has all the drives. Loki, thank you. All the natural drives necessary for leave it. Thank all the different you. drive components of the sport. Right. Right. Yeah. Good boy. Thank you. Um. So he like like he lives for that. That's his fulfillment. Right. Right. I guess right, that's right. like the best answer is to biologically fulfill him as a breed. Yep. This is the way to do it. Okay. And I knew that by trying it out, you know. Yeah, right, right. right. Um, but yeah, having that drive to to like to battle and fight, I think is a is a big one. Um, like when he does get the spring pull when he wins it and he gets it down, he just he kind of just like drops it and looks at me like put it back up, <laughs> you know. So like he's not like some of the dogs who like Let's possession go again. where they want to like victory lap it around. He's just like, no, I just want to fight this thing. Like, this is fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and Staffies were bred to hunt badgers and fight other dogs. And so, like, that desire, that drive is there with a safe way to outlet it and channel it and fulfill it. So GRC has been, like, a great avenue for him. Mm -hmm. And then for me, I just love the community. Starting, the community's awesome. Yeah, starting a GRC club with a cool group of people and... I think the coolest part for me about GRC is how many of my clients are in our club. Mm. And these clients with these dogs that they felt like outcasts, they didn't know what to do with them, they can't go on a six-foot walk down the, the trail yeah. without the dog flipping out. Or, um, you know, they, they can go for a, a walk around the neighborhood, but then the dog gets home and it's off the wall and just not reaching those biological fulfillment requirements right and finding a community where they could come in be accepted and work on that and also having a goal to motivate them mm -hmm. has been so cool to watch like almost 
I think half of my clients that come to me, I eventually like funnel them into GRC. <laughs> I'm like, check GRC out. Like, try this, try that. Um, and I just feel like they stay motivated doing things with their dogs because they have a cool community. And again, they have something to work towards. Yeah. Um, so GRC has been really, really cool because of that and the accessibility and right. Um, how much my little dog loves it. <laughs> he yeah. loves it so much. <laughs> Loki's getting antsy. I think it's time for him to go play. Yeah, he's a good boy. What time is it? It's like four. Yeah, it's almost four. Four is when we go do cool training stuff. Oh, you isn't know. Isn't it? You, you know it. what's up right now. You knew it. <laughs> All right, dude. We'll go do cool stuff. You want to do it? Yeah, you want to go do it? Me too. <laughs> we, could take, we could take a cool stuff break. <laughs> we got three dogs to train. Yeah. All right, Bree. So thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. We'll have thanks to do it again. We'll have to this do is again. new for me. I kept forgetting that we were recording. I drink a lot of coffee today. Well, nothing's facing you. Like, I have the computer. It's like, I see it recording as it's going. Like, you're just, I'm just letting you go. <laughs> yeah, I would love, I love to talk. I love to talk about dogs. And I love to hear your stories, too. It's cool to just connect with different trainers. I think it's really important. And it's nice for me. So, let's do it again. Yeah, let's do it again. How can people get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you to do training, sport work, any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, um... So I co-own a pet dog business with a group of awesome people called Paws for Obedience. Um, we have two different uh, locations in South Glens Falls, New York, and uh, Hudson Falls, New York. Um, so you can uh, go to www.paws4obedience.com to see everything that we do. Um, tons and tons and tons of offerings. If you want to work with me directly, um, you can check me out on Instagram at Brie underscore and the dogs. Uh, or you can reach out to me via email, which is Brie dot N C K number nine <laughs> at gmail.com. I'm going to link all um, that. <laughs> Don't you worry. Uh, but on my Instagram, there's a link where you can book a free phone consult with me. So I there love to just Perfect. like email is tough. I like to just hop on the phone and chat and or Zoom and just and like, like do just it that way. Going. Get to know you, see what see what you have for dogs. That's a okay. good way to reach. So, me. do you do virtuals or do you just do all in yep. person? Um, so personally, I offer board and train, um, one on one coaching, either virtually or private lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have different programs for that, and then I also offer a unique adventure dog service, which Dana and Loki come and join sometimes. Um, which usually is pretty full, but if you're a client of mine, you're able to drop into that. And that is an off-leash hiking adventure service. Um, And we hold that at our Hudson Falls location, which is a 32-acre enrichment center. Um, And we're also trying to get that rented out to other trainers and clients and things like that, too. So if you guys stay posted on the Pause for Obedience website, you can see different offerings for that as well. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Cool. And you're doing a workshop. Right. And I do a client workshop. Yeah. So right. if you're yeah, if you're a client of mine, what I'm trying to do is develop different things to continue to maintain your training. So to be able to set up situations with each other, mm-hmm. with other skilled handlers. Um, That's why I do a my safe, group classes. It's right. Exactly like a safe space. Yep. You know, instead of trying to go and maintain this stuff out in public where you don't really know what you're going to run into. Um, which is also important. Yeah, but I mean, we, yeah. to prepare you for this, where you can feel supported and safe and comfortable, mm-hmm. uh, and a little uncomfortable sometimes, yeah. right? Um, Practice your growth mindset. Yeah, <laughs> and just continue kind of practicing your skill set and have a good time. Like I order pizza sometimes. And yeah, yeah. Like we have we have a good time and have a little Q and A and brainstorm back and forth. So this is something newer I'm doing. 
Um, and I'm kind of developing it with my clients, which is really cool. Instead of just yeah. being like, here's this thing I'm offering and here we go. Um, I've been asking a lot of questions and doing a lot of polls and seeing basically what everybody wants, you know, yeah. what, what's going to be helpful for you guys. Cause that's important. So, right. Yeah. Very cool. Lots of cool stuff happening. All right. Sweet. Sweet. Okay, cool. Nice. So I'll end it there. We'll go do some cool training. I love it. Thanks guys. I love it. We're going to train. Loki knows. <laughs> he runs to the door. I think he has to have to go to the bathroom.